This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me again. Night three of the NFL Combine is in the books and I'm going to hear to break it down with my instant reactions. The linebackers just finning, finishing their on-field workouts. We sort of defensive linemen kind of separating the two groups, the D tackles, the defensive end slash edges. There were some guys that probably were put in the wrong list, but we started them earlier today, afternoon, early evening, and then the linebackers closed out the night. It's a, it's a fun day because these guys really, some of them are physical marvels. And we study the wide receivers and the, you know, quarterbacks and the tight ends, you know, and all the offensive skill players for so long that here at Saturday, Sunday, it's fun when I start to kind of dig into the defensive side of the ball a little bit. And combine day really gives me an opportunity to see some of these guys in terms of their athletic testing. Does it match up with either the film that I saw or the highlights? I saw the watching the game. Obviously, I don't study these guys anywhere near as close as the offensive skill guys. So it's fun to really expose myself to all of these guys, you know, at a much deeper level, uh, you know, and the combine is kind of the starting process of that a little bit as well. And just to kind of confirm, you know, because individually, I don't get to watch anywhere near the amount of film on defensive guys or my focus is not nearly on defensive guys that it is on the offensive guys. So I really get excited to watch the defensive days at the combine. And today was no different. I thought today had a lot of excitement. So I'm just going to start right at the top with where today started. And that was with the defensive. The first group of the defensive linemen was predominantly uh, interior defensive linemen, guys that are going to not really play out on the edge unless there may be, you know, some five techs and three, four schemes and stuff like that. So, you know, when I watch these guys, the first guy I want to talk about is, is Derek Brown. Obviously, consensus, one of the top 10, 12 picks in this uh, draft, probably. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah, I think, has him as his number two or three overall player. Lance Zerline, same thing. I mean, for a man his size to run a 5.11 was really impressive, moved well in the drills as well. But then late tonight, it came out that his three cone drill was, was like eight point something. And that is one of the lowest ever. So it does open up the question about Derek Brown a little bit in terms of, yes, he is a dominant run stuffer. He gets into the backfield, but for him to go as high as maybe some people thought top five, top six, you do wonder if his athleticism in terms of his pass rush capabilities will translate to the next level. I think it's a legitimate question. The three cone kind of showed it off and we, we know the NFL, you know, they value inside pass rush now as much as anything. So I think that it's something that is going to be interesting to follow and kind of hear whispers of this. I still think he's a top 10 or top 12 player. I just, I don't know if top five or top six or top seven is in the calling with that. I just think it's too many quarterbacks, too many elite offensive linemen, you know, a couple defensive freaks and Isaiah Simmons and, and Chase Young that I, I don't know. Derek Brown now seems to be more, I think, in that seven to 12 range than, you know, than in the top seven or top eight. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, 
as a Giants fan, there's been some whispers that they traded back. Maybe they'd be interested in him. It kind of fits what they've got him in likes. I think a lot of it will be determined on whether or not they re-sign Leonard Williams. If they trade back, who's still on the board? Because he will be a best player available on a lot of teams' boards, and then it becomes the concept of positional value, and do you think teams value him or not? So it was a little bit of a mixed bag. The 5.11 was very impressive. The Perico, not so impressive. I thought the on-field workout was pretty good. A couple other guys uh, that really impressed me when watching the first group of defensive linemen, uh, Russ Blacklock, uh, he's going to be a day two pick. I mean, at 290 pounds, he ran a, an official 4.940, a 1.73 10-yard split. He's a guy penetrating for tech He's going to be a guy that causes disruption. I liked his quickness that I saw uh, from him today. Another guy, uh, the twins from Nebraska, Carlos Davis and Khalil Davis. Both of them tested out really well. I mean, official 40 times of 4.82 for Carlos Davis, 4.76 for Khalil Davis. Good 10-yard splits. We saw Khalil Davis at the Shrine game, and he looked like a guy that's going to be one of the higher-rated prospects from the Shrine Bowl. I think he's got an opportunity to be a round four, round five pick and be a steal. You know, we've seen guys over the years – you know, fall for whatever reasons in drafts or not be valued as much who are that upfield penetrating, you know, for retakes. And we've seen them develop into players. I think, I think Khalil Davis is going to get an opportunity. I was impressed with both Davis brothers, but I think Khalil Davis is the guy that I think really cemented his status because of his capabilities to back up what we've seen on tape, what we saw on film, all the reports from the Shrine Bowl. I think Khalil Davis's stock is pointed up. Another guy, when watching it, Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. This guy is a guy who I think is clearly now in the top 50 mix. He had been getting rumblings before that, but I think he cemented it with his athletic profile here at 304 pounds. He ran an official 40 time of 4.79 with a 1.71 10-yard split. I think he's a guy, as we get closer and closer to the draft, you're going to start seeing Gallimore on a lot more people's like two-round mock drafts. You're going to see him on more people's top 50 big boards. Gallimore is a guy who... Teams are craving that interior pass rush. Maybe they have a run stuffer. They want that interior pass rush. Gallimore is a guy who's going to be able to do that with his quick step, uh, his athleticism, his capability to get into the backfield. So I thought he was an impressive uh, performer today. Uh, A couple other guys in terms of uh, Justin Matabuikwe. He's another guy who I think – you know, watching him today, his movement skills from Texas A&M, he's 293. He ran an official 4.83 with a 1.73 10-yard split. He's another penetrating free tech guy who I think could get into the backfield and cause a lot of disruptions. It's kind of the theme of who these guys I'm talking about, from, you know, Matabuque to Blacklock to Khalil Davis, you know, these are the guys that NFL teams are going to crave. And then maybe, maybe they're not perfect profiles. And maybe some of these guys, maybe, you know, a a couple guys are going to be day two. Khalil Davis, probably day three, but there's a lot to like about these guys. I was intrigued by them. Really impressive. They look good in the drills. They backed, you know, before the drills, they ran good 40 times for their size and their weight, good 10 yard splits. And they have good tape to back it up in terms of getting after the quarterback. So I thought the first group of defensive line guys, those were the guys that really stood out to me. And I was impressed with them in terms of what I saw. If we take it to the second group, which was supposed to be the edge group, uh, but there were some guys mixed in that that wasn't the best. Uh, obviously, Chase Young wasn't running 
in this. The guys that stood out the most, Alex Highsmith. He was at the Shrine Bowl as well. I think he was probably maybe the most impressive or one of the most impressive from that uh, second group of defensive linemen. Uh, Heisman is an intriguing prospect from Charlotte. You know, he's 6'3", 248, but he ran an official 4.7 with a 1.68 10-yard split. He had good vertical, good broad jump for the position. He's a pass-rushing specialist. He and Khalil Davis are probably the, the two highest-rated Shrine Bowl players that I think we're going to see drafted. I think Heisman could easily be a round-four pick uh, with what he showed here at the Combine, his his film, at the and at the Shrine Bowl, I think his stock is pointing up. Teams are looking for the, that developmental pass rushers. I think Heisman fits the bill on that for sure. Similar to how O'Shane Zimenez even sneaked into you know round three last year, I think Heisman could even push into the top one hundred. But if not the top one hundred, I think he's definitely off the board somewhere uh, in round forty, early part of day three because of his pass rushing skills that obviously are highly coveted when we're talking about you know at the next level. Another guy I wanted to talk about is Alton Robinson. He's another guy, his testing, his on-field workout. I was really impressed with what I saw from Alton Robinson out of Syracuse. 6'3", 264. He ran a 4.6940 with a 1.66 10-yard split, a 35.5 vertical jump, a 9.11 broad jump. This is a guy who's a day-two prospect. You know, I think he's a guy that NFL teams are really going to be intrigued with. Uh, he brings that pass rushing skills. So, you know, he's got a good frame. Overall, I think his athleticism is good to very good. He's got bend off the edge. He's got speed off the edge. He's got a good first step. To me, he, you know, situational pass rusher as a 4-3, but more ideal even as a 3-4 edge uh, with starter upside. So he's a guy that I'm intrigued by. You know, he's another guy that impressed. Uh, James Smith-Williams ran two blistering 40 times today. So James Smith Williams at 265 pounds, almost six foot four, 265, ran a 462, 461, and then his official ended up being a 4.60 with a 1.62 10-yard split. Good jumps. He actually got injured on his vertical jump and then ended up having to wear a bandage around uh, his elbow for the rest of the day and couldn't do any of the contact other drills on the field. But he's a guy, very good athlete, that has never been able to translate it to production on the football field in terms of sacks. And maybe it's maybe it was what North Carolina State asked of him. So it's going to be interesting to see what an NFL team thinks about his athletic makeup and if they think they can harness and use that athleticism to create a, a to be a situational pass rusher. So he was another guy that I thought stood out today uh, as a winner. Uh, on the flip side, AJ Epinesa. He began a lot of top 15 talk, a lot of top 15 talk. And, you know, he's an interesting player because when you watch Epinesa, he wins with hand usage, his play strength, his power, his toughness. He's good versus the run, but he's got a lot of pass rush production in college because of his high motor, his good techniques. He's either going to have to play 4-3 defensive end, 3-4-5 tech defensive end, but I think he might be at his best if he kicks inside because some of the areas that I was a little bit concerned with, his ability to bend off the edge, the speed off the edge, his pass rush uh, plan and techniques transferring to the NFL. And you saw him today. He really tested out poorly 
uh, if you match him up with the other edge prospects. I mean, a 5.04 40-yard dash time with a 1.81 10-yard split. So it wasn't even like the 10-yard split was good if you didn't want to worry about, you know, the 40 time. Uh, 32.5 broad jump, 9.9 on uh, the heart. Uh, so 32.5 on the vertical and then 9 Nine nine on the broad jump, but even in even in the drills, he clearly can't be an edge player in a three four scheme, you know, because he can't drop and cover. We saw that today. That's not his area strength. If you watch him on film, you would have known that as well. But I do have some concerns about his lack of overall athleticism to bend the edge and the burst and the first step and the speed. Whether or not that warrants him being a top fifteen pick, uh, I think he's more along the lines of a late first to early to mid second round pick, then he should be a top 10 or top 15 in that conversation. A lot of his production came on effort and techniques. And I just don't know if that is going to immediately translate. And if it does, what kind of upside does it? He might be a really good power defensive end, good run stuffer, get six sacks, uh, kick inside. But I don't know if teams are looking for an edge player with who might have the upside of six to seven sacks a season. And that might be him. You know, he might be most effective in the NFL if he kicks inside and sub packages and he rushes from, you know, defensive tackle position in the sub in nickel and dime. And then I think he might be very good there. His hand usage, his athleticism in that regards against interior offensive linemen might be an opportunity for him to really shine. So he was a guy that I have question marks from what I saw today. Uh, some other things, uh, Jason Strobridge, I thought he was about what I expected. You know, he had a really good senior bowl. He comes here, you know, at 275, he ran a 489, 1.75, 10-yard split. But I think that's what we thought about him. He's another guy similar to Epinesa that I think is, you know, a guy that's got versatility to kick inside and rush from defensive tackle position, sub packages. He could be a three, four, five tech. He could be a bigger four, three defensive end. Uh but I, but Strobridge is more of a day two pick. And I think that's where maybe Epinesa is getting pushed up a little bit in relation to some other guys like a, uh, Strobridge, like a Bradley and I. Uh, so I think, you know, that's where I think, you know, there might not be the gap between Epinesa and some of these other guys. And it sounds like there's more of a gap than I think I personally think maybe there should be. Um, so, so those are the guys. And then I mentioned Bradley and I, you know, I think again, you'd like to see a little bit more from him because I do think he's more of an edge rusher. His official forward time was four, nine, three. So, I mean, similar to Epinesa, you have some concerns, you know, and I is only 257. So, you know, you know, at least Epinesa is a little bit bigger than that at, at 275. So Bradley and I, but, but, but elite speed or burst or bend off the edge has never been how Bradley and I got his production. He's got a very good pass rush plan. He gets after the quarterback, but I think he's a day two pick, but there are some athletic limitations there. So that's where I'm just not sure it is enough of a gap. If I was a team, I would wait to round two to take Bradley and I, or, you know, Jason Strobridge, then I would be to take Epinesa in round one, even though I think Epinesa is a good player. I just don't know if there's enough of a difference in terms of my opinion uh, for for me to invest at that high in Epinesa if he might have some athletic limitations to his game and not have that rare, you know, bend and burst and speed off the edge. And I understand he wins in other ways and, and that's not even his game, but I do think it would be important I was. I thought we were going to see a little bit better in the athletic testing today than what we saw. 
So those are really the things that stood out from the defensive linemen. Uh, you know, some other guys, Jabari Zaninga, a good 40 explosive in the drills. He's going to be a pass rusher that gets drafted in, in day two, probably even round two. Uh, but those are the guys in terms of the first D-line group and then the second D-line group, which was predominantly those defensive end slash edge prospects. So let's take this to the linebacker group because I think the linebacker group you know, really stole the show tonight as Daniel Jeremiah and Rich Eisen were talking about on the telecast of the Combine. We had a couple guys, a couple top prospects get injured on their second 40s, which was a little bit of a buzzkill. But all in all, it was a really, really impressive night for the linebackers. A lot of them were running much faster than I even thought. I mean, Zach Bond, who probably should have been in the edge group, he, you know, he might have to switch to, you know, more of a off-the-ball linebacker. He was impressive. He was the first one that really impressed me at, you know, 6'2", 238 as a pass rushing, more of a pass rushing defensive uh, edge prospect. He ran a 4'6", So I thought that was really impressive from him. He's a guy that I think a team is a 3-4 team is going to draft him. They're going to put him on the outside and they're going to let him get after the quarterback. Uh and and go from there. If a four if a four three team drafts him, he's probably going to have to be more of a strong side linebacker, but one that gets used in terms of rushing the quarterback from that position uh, or in sub packages on the field getting after the quarterback as well. Uh, another guy that really impressed me, Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State, six one two forty three. He ran a four four six forty. He and then his. Uh, Vertical jump was 39.5 and his broad jump was 11.4. So this is a guy who's a day three prospect, but that type of athleticism, he teams are going to want that just for his special teams ability potentially with that type of explosion. So he's an interesting guy uh, with that speed, overall athleticism. He looked really quick in the drills uh, as well. So he's a guy that I think stock is very much up with. I think Malik Harris at 6'2", 247. He ran a 4.6640, 36-inch vert and a 10-2 broad. I think he's a day two prospect. Uh, Kaliki Hudson, I, I was impressed with him. He's like almost like a little bit of a safety linebacker hybrid. Uh, probably going to be more of a weak side linebacker at 5'11", 224. He ran a 4'5", but I was impressed with him in the drills. He looked really smooth moving around. Uh, he's a guy who can cover, so I think he was impressive. Uh, next up, Kenneth Murray uh, and Patrick Queen. I'll kind of talk about them together because they've been getting a lot of round, late round one to round two buzz, and both of it are well warranted. Kenneth Murray at 6'2", 241, ran a 4.5240, a 30-inch vert, and a 10.9 broad. And then Patrick Queen, a little bit lighter uh, at 229, he ran a 4.5640 with a 35-inch vert and 10.5 broad. Both of them injured on their second runs, so they didn't participate in any of the on-field workouts, but they lived up to the billing. They have cemented their status as late first, early second round picks. Three down linebackers can do it all. Uh, really impressive performances by both of them. And to be honest with you, they were just the warm-up for Isaiah Simmons because Isaiah Simmons at six foot four, 238 pounds, and this guy ran an official 4.3940 with a 39-inch vertical and an 11-inch broad jump. Those numbers are staggering. 
that there's no other word to describe it than flat out staggering for Isaiah Simmons. This is a guy who can play nickel corner. He can play safety. He can play middle linebacker. He can play outside linebacker. He can blitz. He, he can match up with tight ends. He can match up with running backs. There's literally nothing this guy can't do. He shut it down after he ran that 40. He had a 39 after the jumps at, of 39 and 11, like I just said, and the 439 40, he shut it down. He didn't need to do anything else. This guy is, is probably locked into a top six pick, uh, a lot of buzz that the Giants are very interested in him, potentially at pick number four, and rightfully so. He is a freak that can do so much and change your entire defense because from game to game, you can put a different responsibility on this guy, and he can. you need him to shut, at, shut down a tight end, he can cover a guy. You need him to make sure a running back doesn't hurt you out of the backfield, he can do it. You need him to be a spy on a, on a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, he can do it. There's so much he can do. He's a playmaker. He can change the entire complexion of your defense, and he's going to go really high in the NFL draft. So all the big linebackers who who participated really shined. It was it was disappointing that we didn't get to see Murray or Queen, you know, in the on field drills. But so many of these guys looked really good. Uh, Davion Taylor out of Colorado, another speedster, four point four nine forty, thirty five inch vert, ten seven broad. He's going to be a round three, round four guy. Really impressed by his performance today. Uh, the list goes on and on. You know, I could just keep talking more and more about so many of these different lines. We didn't even get a chance to see Akeem Davis Gaither. He's another round three, round four linebacker. He would have tested out. Really impressive today. Uh, K- Kalon Chasen out of LSU, probably more of an edge guy, but he would have tested out. He didn't really well. He didn't perform, but I think he's got a chance to be a top 15 pick. He was grouped in here with this linebacker group. So a lot of winners in this group. There's not really many guys that I would, that I would classify as losing value in terms of the, the linebacker group. I really wouldn't. I was impressed with Logan Wilson, you know, 241. Uh, he ran a 4.6340, a 10-1 broad jump. So showing his athleticism. I think he's a day two pick. So there was so much to like about this linebacker group, you know, a a bunch to like about in terms of the defensive line guys, the edge guys, the D tackles, a really impressive performance as a whole. And this linebacker group to tie it in the fantasy for a second, there is going to be a lot. We know linebackers are valued very highly in IDP leagues. And this group I think is going to generate you know, right there with Simmons, Murray, and Queen in its own right. Those are going to be three high-in-demand uh, rookie linebackers in anybody that plays in IDP leagues. But I think there's going to be a lot more guys that come from this that have some draft capital attached to them as like late round three or early round four picks. And you're going to see those guys really valued in fantasy circles as well because they're going to get an opportunity to be three down linebackers due to their athleticism and speed make a lot of tackles so you're you're going to see guys like logan wilson and you're going to see guys like davion taylor you know really have a lot of value uh in fantasy leagues because of their versatility to play you know in nickel and dime packages and the base packages be on the field for all three downs that's what teams are looking for now from the linebacker position so i think this linebacker group is going to generate a lot of fantasy buzz in the future as well 
So there it is, guys, my instant reactions to day three of the NFL Combine. Again, if you're enjoying these instant reaction podcasts, if you're enjoying everything I've been putting out on Twitter, I have tweeted out every single 40 time for the first three days of the Combine, every single run, their first runs and their second runs with descriptions of the player, some notes on the player, how they win, their current draft projection, uh, interacting with with fans, you know, retweeting videos that are being posted in, in terms of the guys working out, talking about their on-field drills, talking about who was most impressive to me in uh, on-field drills. So if you like that and you like these instant pods, please consider getting over to ssfootball.com is the website. Quickest way to get there. Click on the premium content tab and check out our, our offering for nine ninety nine. You get access to these four notebooks. Uh, it is the best way to support the show and help us continue to do what we're doing. The scouting notebook gives you almost a hundred in-depth detailed player profiles, uh, you know, strengths, functional areas, developmental areas, NFL role, NFL projection, fantasy spin, almost a hundred guys that are going to be in this draft class. Plus another 20, 25 to 30 of guys that didn't declare that we had done profiles on like the Travis Etienne's and the Najee Harris's of the world. Uh, you get the rankings notebook, which has all our rankings and our tiers. Uh, it has our draft eligible rankings. It has our uh, dynasty rookie rankings. It has our draft eligible tiers. It has our Devi rankings. I've been updating. You know, I updated the running backs, quarterbacks, and tight ends and receivers after the combine. So those are my rankings and tiers are fully updated. And then late March to mid uh, late March to mid April, you get the freshman notebook, which Matt works on. Uh, profiling and previewing the top incoming freshmen. And then you get the draft projections notebook, which has notes and tabs on every single position, offense and defense with it trying to predict how it will go. Nothing in terms of how I, how I think it should go, but more in terms of how I think it will go. So it is the best way to support us. So please consider going over there and purchasing it as well. If you can't do that, please at least get over to wherever you listen to our podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we haven't, we need some more uh, reviews out there, some more five-star uh, ratings, hopefully, and then hopefully some positive reviews help us as well. So if you can't get over to the website and check out the premium notebooks, uh, help us out. Hopefully, if you enjoy the show and what we do, and at least get over to whatever uh, platform you listen to the podcast on and, and give us a rating and a review that way as well. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs>